You know, from my title, I know that you could turn the phrase and say, hurry up and be finished today, which would actually reveal the the whole point of uh, our lesson this morning, our thoughts. You know, of course, I I watch and I listen and I pay attention to... uh, not only the things that are that I have to deal with, but also you, your demands, uh, your lives, and it. I think it. I think I'm correct that all of us find ourselves uh, at least in a in a time where there are so many demands in our lives and and for our lives, demands that we give out of our lives, but also. Demands that come upon us to to give our lives over to other things. Um, it's demands on the, all the various commitments that people have in their lives, and a lot of it, in my opinion, uh, in my opinion, is the pressure of the culture that we live in, uh, which I would say is not so new. It's always been around this concern of, um, of the demands of, of other people and things outside of your own life because it is something that we all have to in, engage in. The interesting thing, though, if we stop and, and just take pause, is that uh, the demands that are being placed on, on all of us today always involve time and uh, effort and money um, and because of that, there is a there. There seems to be in our at least our culture a constant uh, movement, a constant restlessness to move to the next dot or to the next point. The problem with that is not only from an opinion standpoint, but also from studies show that. That to be in constant flux or constant movement is uh, for the individual, and not only the individual, but as a culture too, but it starts with the individual, is, to, is, is actually very physically, emotionally, and mentally uh, draining to us as individuals. And because of that, we then find ourselves <clears throat> living lives of, as one wrote, of quiet desperation. Or, in my words, I would say sometimes we are frustrated, we are exhausted. Uh, We find that with all the demands that are being made on our lives that we still do not have the ability, but rather we discover we have an inability to solve a lot of the issues that we are encountering. Uh, Now, the, the, the result of that is when we uh, are frustrated or we are uh, exhausted or we don't feel like that we can solve something, what disappears in our lives is clarity, just clarity, because there is so much um, movement. You know, on the side of a bank, you can actually, you can actually see much better, unless you, unless you get in the water and you stir up the mud, then you can't see. Well, it's just the same in our lives that we live. And I said this is not a new thing. It's just that we probably ought to revisit how that it is a detriment to, uh, you know, the well-being of our souls and lives. 
For instance, centuries ago, the Stoics, they, they uh, recognized uh, how important it was to learn how to be content. In fact, Paul quoted that. I've learned how to be content in whatever state I'm in. The Stoics wanted, wanted that, that calmness or that clarity in order that one might recognize themselves, all right? But then we find uh, centuries later, writers who would write about this, one, my, one of my favorites is Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, he would write about finding that calmest, calmness so that you could recognize the beauty of nature and his essay on nature, that was his whole point is go out, leave everything aside, go out into nature, and you'll recognize, and you'll see, and you'll discover. You'll be able to know nature, all right? But I'm not going to speak about nature or knowing yourself today. I'm going to speak about what God says. And he says, it's not about us that we, we become calm or still in order that we might know ourselves only, or it's not what Emerson says, that we need to be still in order that we might see nature. No, what he says is be still and know, come to know that I am God. And so for us, I think it's imperative, at least if we're willing to consider how to declutter our lives based on whoever and whatever expert is saying that, or if we're willing to simplify our lives and, and get a dumpster and throw everything out that you've not used in two years, whatever, we ought to be willing to look at our own lives spiritually and see what God has to say about being still. Because again, being still or coming to that point where uh, there's silence and everything, we can learn. We gain clarity about life, about living, about purpose, all kinds of things. So our, our text this morning, uh, the psalmist wrote this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The scriptures also say, if you recall in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a time to speak, but then there's also a time to keep silence. So for us today, I'm going to go maybe a little different. I'm going to give some examples in the Old Testament where this instruction was, was given to God's people to just simply be still and watch. Watch what I do, or listen to my words. The first example, of course, you're very familiar with, is um, uh, in, in the uh, uh, oh, Egyptians. What do they call that? A senior moment? Yeah. <laughs> the Egyptians of the Red Sea, and they were, had left Egypt, and they had come to the Red Sea, and all they could see was Pharaoh's army coming after them. And they were afraid. And all they could hear, uh, the scriptures say, were the chariots rumbling behind them. And they began to yell and murmur at, at Moses and say, why did you bring us out here? Why did you bring us here where we die in the wilderness when at least we had 
a place back there, uh, you know, in, in Egypt that we could have been buried in. In fact, what they were actually saying is it's better, it, was, it would be better to die a slave than to die free. But here's what Moses said to them. He said to all the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of God. And then we know what happened. You know, he struck the water, the Red Sea parted, and they were able to cross over. So that's one example where the clarity about God and what God can do in our lives and for our lives is seen. Stand still, he said, and see the salvation of of the Lord. The second example is that I wanted to use out of the Old Testament is when Samuel was talking to uh, Saul and Saul was going to be anointed as king, yet he was not for sure about it. And Saul was very, he was a young man. He was a, he was a vibrant man early on in his life. He was a very successful leader. Uh, but as they were traveling one day, Samuel, the prophet, was walking with them, and they had their servants, and they were getting ready to go to the outskirts of the city, and Samuel turned to Saul and he said, tell your servant to go on ahead of us. And then he said, but I want you to stand here still so that I can tell you God's words. So here we find that not only stillness we see, if we are still, we can discover God's working in our lives as with the children of Israel, but also if we can calm or slow down or be still, we then can hear God's words to our heart or to our soul. The scriptures then tell us uh, that, that Samuel, again, was talking to the people. This is a third example. And, and, he, and he reminded them of something. He said, it was the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron and, and, and who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. And then here's what he said. He said, now, therefore, stand still, people, that I may reason with you regarding the Lord and his deliverance of you. So here's another reason, at least listed in the Old Testament, as to why it's so important, uh, you know, to, to be still and know God, because when we are still, we can hear God's words, we can see God's work, and we can recognize what he does, but also we are reminded, if, if we're constantly in flux or moving from dot to dot, if we are actually living lives more like pinball than we are straight line, we miss so many things. And that's why I said, hurry up and be still. So in that, I think that, that even as the psalmist said, you know, meditate, he says, meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Give pause. Now, what does that mean, be still? Well, as I was thinking about this, I, I think the meaning of it is very probably clear, but there are several words that actually describe this being still, I think, very accurately, very visually to me. But to be still is to stay, stop. Uh, to, to, to just stop short. It is to abandon whatever you're doing and just stay there. It's to watch, be still and watch, look, pay attention. 
be fixed. That's exactly what Moses wanted the children of Israel to do is be fixed. Fix your eyes on what God is about to do. And that's what Samuel was telling Saul. Fix your ears on what God is going to tell you. Or we find that, that when we are still, we, are, uh, we find a, a kind of a tranquility. We can. But what's important is we become more attentive. If we're still, we don't miss things. If we, if we are still in our lives, we don't miss things. We are steady. And the things that we see, at least for my discussion this morning, you know, nature's great. I love to go out, and I love to spend time in nature. And it is true. You don't take your phone. You cut it off. You walk. And you see things, and you see the wonder and the glory of God's creation. It is true. And it is true that when you ponder with yourself, you, you're able to come to know yourself. You recognize yourself. And so that's not a bad thing. But I'm not talking about ourselves. I'm not talking about nature. I'm talking about God. Be still in your life so that you can understand the power of God, so that you can hear God's words, or you can receive God's direction for your life personally, or be reminded of how God cares for you each and every day. The reflections that we have are so important because in each and every case, when we stop long enough, and we give pause and we give thought to God, we come up immediately with the manifold blessings that he has given to each of us in our own lives. So then my next question was, well, okay, be still, but be still from what? What exactly are we to be still from? Well, you know, undoubtedly, we live in a day and time full of stimulations, all kinds, visually, audibly, we, all kinds of interests. And the thing is, all of these things are requiring your attention and your time. And if we stop and we become so distracted with everything else, we're not able to hear God. We are too busy moving. We're too uh, busy trying to get from one point to the other. And it, ultimately, it turns our life into just a stream of constant activity that we find that we're being pushed on a river rather than us choosing which way we go. I read something very interesting about someone uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, I'm going to file that back. They were trying to describe what it's like, uh, you know, working at home. They were, they were talking about uh, off-site from the job. They were working at home, and they said, I found myself checking my Twitter, watching TV at the same time, while at the same time doing my texts and then I was making phone calls, trying to check my emails, and at the same time giving instruction to my kids, and I was tired before 10 o'clock in the morning. That's, that's the culture we live in. Everything that we are involved with is demanding our time and our attention. It wants us to embrace it. It wants us to follow it. It doesn't matter what it is. There's all kinds of things that are requiring and demanding your attention and your time and your effort. And, and if, they, if it is successful, you will find that you are like pinballing through life. Well, what's the consequence of that? Well, again, 
including myself, the more in flux we are, the less steady we are in our lives. We become very unsteady, particularly spiritually. But I can also apply it to what Emerson said. The more we are involved with the things of mankind, the less we're able to see nature, which is an absolute truth. The more we are involved with other people's issues, the less we are able to understand our own selves. So yeah, I I ascribe to that. But even more so, the more we are being driven by everything else, the less we are able to see, hear, and understand how God moves in our lives. The consequence is we become so preoccupied that we kind of move on past the things that God has done. We, are, we become a very restless, sometimes very agitated culture, which we are right now. I mean, think about it. What's caused all this stuff? I mean, you know, what's caused everything that we're encountering? Is it us? No, it could be though what the us is following because everyone here's the thing God is one unity he is not going to want you to be so divided that you become confused on the other hand the culture and the lives that we are living are demanding that we each give ourselves over to whatever that is, and as a result, we become so divided, so confused, so lack of clarity, that of course, we're engaging the lives that we are finding ourselves in. We become absorbed. In fact, everything, everything right now demands that we be absorbed in whatever endeavor it is, And when we become so absorbed in in what humanity wants us to do, we become not just negligent, but we become oblivious, unfamiliar with what God can do, what God can say, say to us, and how God works in our lives. This is not a new thing. In fact, uh, I'm kind of contemplating whether to share this. I'm going to. 1967, great, great album came out by the Beatles. There was a song on there called A Day in the Life. And so even in 1967, here's what John Lennon wrote, and then Paul McCartney put the tune to it. It's called A Day in the Life. Woke up, fell out of bed, dragged a comb across my head, found my way downstairs and drank a cup. Looking up, I noticed I was late. Found my coat and grabbed my hat, made the bus in seconds flat. Found my way upstairs and had a smoke and somebody spoke and then I went into a dream. Nothing new. But what we can learn in this is that each and every generation should listen to what the psalmist says, that God says, just simply be still and know that I am God. There's there's a good example a good uh, passage that I would like to share with you that I think captures this in kind of a different way. And it's when Jesus uh, told the disciples they were going to go on the other side of the lake. And so it says, on the same day evening came, Jesus said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude 
And we know that because of all the multitude, they even didn't have time to eat or do anything. They were rattled. They were just, but they left the multitude. He took them along in a boat as he was. Well, while they were out there on the water, a great windstorm arose, the scriptures say, and the waves began to beat into the boat. And it was already filling, but Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Now the disciples came and woke him up and they said, Master, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now let's stop there for just a moment. They were sailors and they knew exactly what this meant. They also knew that the windstorm uh, was powerful there on the Lake of Galilee. It just comes up out of nowhere off the eastern shore. It just comes up out of nowhere. Uh, They knew that because the waves were beating into the boat, they could see it, they could feel it, and they were afraid. They knew that as the boat began to feel that they would sink. Why? Because all they were looking at, all they were listening to was the wind, the waves, and the water. That's it. As a result of that, they were oblivious to who was with them. That was Jesus Christ. Now, he was asleep, but it didn't matter, as we well know. He got up, he arose, and he rebuked the wind. The scriptures say that he said simply to the sea, peace, be still. The wind ceased. There was a great calm, and he said, why are you so fearful? That question should be asked to us today. As God's people, why are we fearful? Well, I'll tell you why, in my opinion. Because we've not been still long enough listening to God, looking at what he's able to do, and following his instructions in this chaotic, pinballing lives that we all live. They said, what kind of man is this? as they saw everything calm, that even the wind and the sea obey him. So back to the text, if you would be still, you would know that I'm God. If we are still long enough in our lives, intellectually, mentally, physically, I don't care how you want to you know, portray it or caricature it, but here's one thing I know, that we are being demanded of constantly by, by things and by, I would say, people and all kinds of things that will not benefit our well-being. In fact, we will become exhausted. We will become confused. We will become frustrated. And the invitation today is just simply what God says. Well, why don't you just be still and know that I am God? So in our lives today, I think that that's an invitation and an opportunity for all of us in the the lives that we lived, that we we can not only hear and see God and sense his presence in our lives, but recognize also that it is an opportunity for us to become beneficiaries of knowing who God is Because that's what happened on the boat, remember? There was a great calm. What happened? 
Their fear disappeared. What happened? They were not frustrated. What happened? They saw what God is able to do. So likewise in our lives, the scriptures tell us this. If we listen to God, if we pay attention, if we stand still long enough, here's what the scriptures say. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. And then God says, the works of righteousness, my, God says, the works of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Oh, that's what we need today in our lives. He also says, my people will dwell in a peaceful habitation. It will be a quiet resting place. And finally, Jeremiah writes, he says, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So in our lives, yeah, I always appreciate when we can come together in God's house and, and uh, hear God's word and share with each other as God's people. But I also understand the demands that are being placed on every one of us not to be in God's house, not to be here. But there is an incredible benefit. The benefit is, is if we do, as God says, just be still and come to know me. We'll discover some miraculous, wonderful things in our lives. I like, in final, the, the story of Elijah on the mountain. And I find that <clears throat> this actually is uh, kind of captures what I, what I wanted to say overall. You might be saying, well, hurry up and say what you wanted to say, you know. <laughs> When we are so busy or when the multitudes or when the crowds and the voices are so tumultuous in our lives, there's a lot of times we're not even able to hear, you know, what our kids say or what our family says or what, what so we, we miss it. There's so much noise, so much background chatter and everything. But I like, I like the account of Elijah. He was on there and He'd been running, he was, he was afraid. And so he went up to the mountain and God said, go stand on the mountain, go stand on the mountain. Told him, stop moving, stop running, go stand there. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, there was a still, small voice. Be still so that you can hear my still, small voice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. The time we can come to your house and we, Lord, we lift up your word because it is precious. It is precious to us not only because we find that it is true, but we come to believe with all of our heart that it is indeed truth. I pray today, Lord, that you would lead us, your people, out of the confusion. Give us confidence, Lord, that all things are well in your hands. I pray, Lord, for all of us here today, 
that we would find that calm, quiet assurance by simply being still and listening to you. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close. We're going to sing a song, and if you would like to come forward and pray, please do. And if you can pray in your, in your pew where you are, it doesn't matter. But the main thing is to seek the Lord. Be still in your heart and your mind and seek the Lord. So as we sing, what page? 154. 154. We're singing one verse unless someone would like to come this morning.